Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. Neighbors, this week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring Kirk McElhern. He'll be telling you about the technological problems in moving from one country to another. We'll also hear from Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. All this and so much more on the Tech Night Owl Live. Well, the last time we talked to Kirk McElhern, he is the iTunes guy for Macworld. He was a resident of the French Alps. Now he's in York, England. What a sea change. It's more than a sea change. It's a time zone change. It's a language change. It's a weather change, that's for sure. About the weather. So, in the French Alps, tend to be cold there? Well, where I was living in the Southern Alps, it's sort of on the border of a Mediterranean climate, which means very hot in the summer, but it's also in the mountains, so very cold in the winter with lots of snow. This winter, there were five snowfalls of a foot or more which is pretty exceptional for there. In addition, it's in an area with a microclimate that has something like 300 days of sun a year. Now, compare that to any place in England, and there's a lot less sun here in England. But I have to admit, the weather here is more interesting. Instead of going for a week with nothing but blue sky, here it changes very quickly. I I got here a, a week ago, and the first full day I was here, it was sunny. The next day, it was cloudy. It's only really rained once this morning, rained most of the morning ladies and gentlemen we're talking to kirk on a wednesday yes you're wondering if you're looking outside the window and you live in the uk and you're saying it's not what he says he is not lying to you he is simply pre-recorded he is speaking in the past if you're in the uk you'll know that the past few days have been incredibly windy with wind across most of the country apparently so the, the weather changes quickly the clouds come and go the the rain showers for a while unlike where i was in france where if it rained you'd get rain all day and if it was sunny you'd get sun all day most of the time but it's just one of the many things i have to adapt to and of course a time zone change it's one hour difference it's a one hour difference even though the longitude is pretty close the french apparently changed their time zone well the germans changed the french time zone for the french in world war ii and the french never changed it back so if you look at the time zone map you can see that the french aren't in the time zone for other countries which are above them which is england so the french are one hour later than the english which makes a difference in the time of day that the sun comes up and the sun goes down i'm much much further north so in the summer it's going to be light much later than it is where i used to live in the alps now from a technological point of view you take down your equipment in france you get in your car you drive it to england or however you travel you set things up in terms of the technological amenities how are they what's the experience like well the first thing is you need adapters ac adapters lots of them the plugs are different very different so i bought a dozen adapters but i have tons of power strips i use these belkin power strips which have built-in surge protection so it just takes one adapter for a power strip that has eight plugs in it now all of my office has french adapters or basically continental adapters i think most european countries use the same plugs as the french and the british of course have different plugs the british are always different yeah they drive on the wrong side of the road and they don't use the euro and they have different plugs so you get a lot of adapters you don't have a voltage difference so 
I, I think maybe the, the voltage is a difference between 220 and 230, but it's close enough that everything's worked so far. As Nothing is smoking I, as we're talking. There's not smoke coming out of your Mac. No you, smoke, and everything's been running, and everything's charging correctly. As an aside, I'm pretty sure all Macs these days can handle anything from 120 to 230, and they do the power conversion internally. So the only change is the actual plug that is connected to the Mac. I'm not sure about other devices, but I know that I have some hardware that came from England, some audio hardwares, which I had to put adapters on um, to use in France. And all of my computers and everything has worked fine so far. I haven't had any problems. The UK-based audio hardware, you just remove the adapters and you're all set. Right. Right. I had either French plugs, you know, those AC plugs that plug into the two pin plugs on the back of stereos and things. Yes. You I know, do. the AC wise, they have the two pin thing. So I just got put some French ones on that and I'm using the UK ones now. The, the only thing I really had to buy other than adapters, I bought a charger for my iPhone rather than use the French adapter with a charger, which makes it bulky. I just bought an English charger. So it's something I can carry around with me when I'm traveling or whatever. Most trains in England have AC plugs, so you can plug in your phone pretty much anywhere if you're taking a train someplace. That's neat. Yeah. Now, I wanted to ask you a question here. It doesn't make sense to me. From a technological standpoint, the shape of the plug doesn't matter. It's just what tradition is? Yeah, there's a lot of tradition as to... It goes back to the early days of when these things were designed and refined over time, because I, I don't know the history of AC plugs, but I'm sure there were dozens of them early on, and that each country um, chose their own model. In the States, you have these two somewhat thin, straight prongs. In the UK, you have two prongs, but they're much thicker. You have a third one as well, um, but they're much thicker. And in France, you have two round prongs, but they're pretty much in the same place. For example, in the bathroom of my apartment, there's a, a, a pair of plugs. You, you'll find this in hotels in Europe. Um, these plugs that are designed for shavers and things that'll accept either English or European plugs. So the, the spacing isn't that different between the prongs. It's just the size and the shapes of them um, that make the difference. So there's no feature technologically. It's just current is current, and it's just the shape of the plugs, which yeah, is ridiculous, is. of course, ladies and gentlemen, but that's how the world is. That's how the world is. And you're not going to tell one country... For instance, that drives on one side of the road, you've got to change because everyone else doesn't do it that way. And when you've got all these people in a country with plugs a certain way, you're not going to tell them to change unless there's some overriding reason why, I don't know, they find that the English plugs, because they're thicker, use more energy or something. That would be a, a legitimate reason to change, but there's absolutely no other reason to change. Now, this makes it a little complicated for manufacturers. Every once in a while, I'll get a hardware device that'll come with... So, you know, you have like a, a, a transformer that you plug into, a, into a, an AC adapter, right? You have a power brick, and some of them will have interchangeable plugs on them, and they'll come with two different plugs for England and for Europe if they're being sold in the EU in general. So this means that manufacturers are spending more on plugs than they would if they only had a single plug that they had to provide. Now, obviously, this is only a few cents in the cost of a, of a, of a device, but multiply that by millions of devices, and it adds up. And, of course, any self-respecting manufacturer will know if it costs them two cents to add something, they'll charge you 10 cents for it. There's that as well. Yep. The greed factor. Now, in terms of setting up an ISP. Um, I didn't do that. I'm, I'm in a temporary uh, furnished apartment. 
um, that has all the utilities and Internet access. Now, in terms of Internet access, is it the same as anywhere else? You go to some local company and you set yourself up? Yeah, there are a number of providers, and that ranges from ADSL at different speeds to fiber. Um, You do have fiber? There is fiber in parts of York. It's being installed over the next few months, I'm told. Is this Um, like real gigabit kind of fiber? This is like 80 or 90 megabit fiber. All right, so that's kind of like cable modems here. Right now, Cox has 150 megabits. Okay. That's okay. the top line for cable. Fios is, I think, two or 300. Yeah. My, my son just got fiber just outside of Paris. He's getting about 90. Okay. Um, and, yeah, you know, it's, I, I wouldn't complain with a speed like that. I'm getting, it, I'm getting about seven or eight megabits here over ADSL. Um, but, yeah, there are, t- there are a number of providers. One of them is Sky, the big TV company that does uh, bundles with TV and broadband. Um, another one is uh, T-Mobile and Orange Merge. I don't know what the, the – I don't know how this works out technically around the world. But in the U.K., they merged to, to a, create a company called Everything Everywhere, and they offer broadband and telephone. But I, I haven't found anyone yet that offers all three broadband, telephone, and television, which is what I had from a single provider in France. Kirk McElhern, now in the UK. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. You know, neighbors, meetings are essential to the way we work. It's an opportunity to share ideas, problem solve, and even develop creative solutions. But you know, if your team is spread out in all sorts of different locations... You know, coming together can be an impossible task. That is, of course, unless you use GoToMeeting with HD Faces. You know, it's the powerful, simple way to meet and collaborate online. And, of course, when I try to get together with Chris and our guests for the show, you can see that we have to meet online because we can't get together. We're too far away. That's why we use GoToMeeting with HD Faces. Try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. For this special offer, visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, use the promo code PODCAST. Remember, use the promo code PODCAST at GoToMeeting.com. GoToMeeting. You see, meeting is believing. Hi, this is Gary Cooper with Midas Resources Gold and Silver. Don't be surprised when the global elite confiscates money from your bank account one day. They have already very clearly telling you that they're going to do it. With what just happened in Cyprus serving as a blueprint for future bank bailouts, if you are concerned about keeping your money, why not consider storing your wealth in gold and silver? Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130. Together, we'll discuss your options of buying gold and silver. Again, the global elite have plans for your money and it doesn't include you. So call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130. And I will send you a booklet with 10 reasons why gold and silver could be right for you. Again, don't get caught with money in your account when the next bank bailout hits. Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130. 
American gardeners and fellow patriots make the right choice with your money, time, and your family food supply. Choose 100% pure heirloom seeds in the Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com. Why spend more? The Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com is only $37.95 and includes 20 varieties of pure, hardy, easy-to-grow heirloom seeds. Yes, only $37.95. That's 70% less than our competitors. You could buy three Survival Seed Vaults for less than one of theirs. The Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com includes detailed planting and seed saving instructions and ship same day plus all orders over $49 ship free mypatriotsupply.com is american owned by patriots like you passionate about freedom and preparedness call now 866-229-0927 that's 866-229-0927 or discover more emergency preparedness items when you order at mypatriotsupply.com choose the original choose the survival seed vault at mypatriotsupply.com Start life over. Spend more quality time with your family. Take more vacations. Own your own business. Be healthy and earn the kind of income you've always dreamed of. Is it possible? Yes, with Longevity. First, you've got to see the video that is turning the medical industry upside down. Go to HealthyBody13.com. That's HealthyBody13.com. Watch this video. Then pre-register for the Spring Longevity Convention, May 2nd through 4th in Las Vegas, Nevada. And guess who will be there? Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. And I prescribe the Healthy Body Challenge, and I'll be there. Hi, I'm Steve Schultz, Vice President of Training here at Longevity. I'm taking the Healthy Body Challenge, and I'll be there. Hi, this is Ted Anderson, President of the Genesis Communications Network. I'm taking the Healthy Body Challenge, and I'm going to be there. Take the Healthy body challenge and don't miss the longevity convention in las vegas nevada may 2nd through 4th for more information go to healthybody13.com or call 1-800-360-8695 that's 800-360-8695 we'd like to hear from you if you have a comment or question about the tech night owl live please send it to news at technightowl.com that's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So from a technological point of view, we're telling you what Kirk McAhern faced moving from France, where he'd lived for many, many years, to the U.K., trying to adapt everything. Of course, the plugs are different. Not because there's any technological advantage or disadvantage, it's just different. And now he's setting up with an ISP. He has built an internet in the furnished apartment in which he lives. When he moves to his permanent place, wherever that is to be, he will buy his own. But at least you have competition. It's not like you live in a city here in the U.S. and you want broadband internet. You get one or two providers. If you have two, you're very lucky. I think all European countries have some level of competition. That doesn't mean there isn't a sort of tacit agreement over pricing. We discussed last year my ISP in France who came in, who got a a cell phone license and came in and shook up the market by offering cell phone contracts for about half that of the other companies, which brought the overall price down. Now, nothing like that's happened in England, and cell phone contracts here, for what I had in France, for less than what I had in France, and I'll explain why in a second, I was paying 16 euros, it would cost me about 21 pounds, which is 25 euros for the same thing. So this would be unlimited calls, data, 
texts and all that. But the difference was in France, I also had unlimited calls to landlines in 100 countries. Whereas here, they don't do that at all. They don't even give you anything to European countries. Um, and those things are built at a relatively expensive price. So there's probably less competition for phones in the sense of the tacit agreement, even though there are a number of companies. There's, well, I mentioned everything everywhere, but I think Orange and T-Mobile still sell directly. There's O2, there's Vodafone, there's 3, and then there are a couple of, what do you call the providers that piggyback on other networks? Well, there are a number of those in this country. Yeah, so I'm, I'm using one right now with a prepay SIM card. You uh, almost call them resellers. That's what they are, really. Well, they're not really resellers. They have big networks. I'm using one called GIFGAF, which was recommended by a friend. And it's relatively cheap, and it's one of these things where you get a number of minutes for, for a certain price per month. I'm paying 10 pounds a month. But you also get un- unlimited calls to other people using GIFGAF. Now, here's the big thing I wanted to raise before. Okay, so when you lived in France, you could call anywhere in Europe for the same price? I could call landlines in Europe. Right, mobile would always be Mobiles more. Mobiles were more expensive. Okay, how's the situation in the UK? If you want to call um, somebody in France or in Spain? It's pretty expensive. I haven't really figured out all the pricing yet, but it's a lot more expensive than it was from France to call a mobile in England, for instance. There's no fixed plan or one of these discount plans where you can say, all right, it's $25 a month I get or it 50 probably pounds exists. or something. It probably exists. You can probably buy like blocks of X hundred minutes to Europe or to the States or things like that. I haven't looked into it too closely yet. Okay, you have to explore that. Okay, looking at television. Now, here in the U.S., we are used to getting 300 stations of which we watch three. Yeah. Okay, so everything is bundled. And that's the way the content providers deal with the cable and satellite companies. So basically, if you go to Dish Network, if you go to DirecTV, if you go to Cox, Comcast, whatever's in your city for cable, basically, they're probably 80 or 90% alike. The prices are very close, but some offer a few channels other than what the others offer. Okay, when you were in France with your television... How many stations could you get? Did they have equivalents of HBO, Showtime, etc.? Yes and no. Now, to start off with, European countries have all gone to digital terrestrial TV. In France, this was limited to about 20 stations. Here on the TV I have, there's 100 and something. Um, and they call it Freeview here. Now, th- these are stations of all kinds. A lot of these are home shopping stations. A lot of them are porn stations that are on after midnight and that you still have to pay for. And I don't know how the system works for that. Um, in France, there was basically one pay channel or one pay channel company that had four or five channels and and they had like 90 percent of the paid market you didn't have any sort of distinction like you'd have between hbo and showtime for instance here it's pretty much the same sky is seems to be the 800 pound gorilla in television with a whole number of packages which go from sports to movies and, and all those sorts of things you don't have the identity of channels that you do in the states because your markets are much smaller What's going to happen is that some of the some of the series that you get on HBO, you'll see them on the standard stations you can get on normal free TV. Some of them you'll get on pay TV. Sky has a channel called, I think, Sky America. So it's American series all day long. And, and it has the latest things like Walking Dead and Mad Men and a whole bunch of things like that. Well, what about um, the stuff we hear on commercial TV? So in America, the big shows are NCIS, for example, or the following that serial killer drama with Kevin Bacon. 
Shows like Fringe, shows like Touch, shows like Grimm, things like that, Once Upon a Time. Some of them make it here on the commercial networks, and some of them are on the paid channels. So it would really take a matrix to list which is which. What it seems is that the most popular ones end up on the paid channels because they're the ones that Sky is willing to pay for, and the other ones end up on, there's four BBC channels, there's Channel 4, there's ITV, there's a whole bunch of other channels that I haven't figured out yet. I should Um, mention parenthetically, the reason why Apple, if it produces a smart or connected TV, won't call it ITV is because there is a TV network. There's a TV network called ITV, yeah, which is which is a TV network that produces their own programs as well. Um, so they have a lot of original programs, and, and these go from series to, to movies that they co-produce. Um, so, yeah, the ITV brand, they couldn't use in the UK. I don't know how broad ITV's trademark protection is, probably at least all of Europe. They're not going to want to change that. I don't think that makes any sense to no, anybody. No, it's, it's been around for a very long time, so they wouldn't be able to, they wouldn't change that unless Apple paid billions of dollars. Right. No, Apple owns Apple Corps, at least the name, which is the Beatles recording company. Right. Sure, that's how it happens, but that's how it goes. And of course, with BBC, you have Doctor Who, but you never watched Doctor Who. I've never watched, well, I've watched Seems kind of hokey to me, um, but I'm going to give it a chance. They're just introducing a new Doctor Who, um, and I think it starts in a couple of weeks. It's just a new, a new Doctor season. Who, a new actor. No, it's a new actor for Doctor Who. No, Matt Smith is still Doctor Who. Oh, I thought that was a new character. I'm sorry. No, he's been there for a couple of years already. Okay, he's a young guy, about 28, 29, and he's got this incredible rubber face. Okay, and this amazingly fast delivery. He's a motor mouth. So you add motor mouth and rubber face and rather stick, sticky kind of movements. I guess he's almost like if you look at classic comedians and you look at his mannerisms, you'll see that he must have learned something. I think you'll enjoy it. I think if you appreciate for what it is, the special effects are still cheesy, but it's a lot of fun. And in the U.S., it's become amazingly popular. Which it never yeah, was before. I, We're talking about a series that has been on the air for it's like... The 60s. Yeah. Yeah. And the way they get around it is Doctor Who regenerates himself. So when one actor gives up or he's fired, another actor takes over. We cannot yeah. regenerate Kirk McElhern, though. There's only one. Neighbors, a bit later in the show, we'll be hearing from Brian Chaffin from the Mac Observer. Lots more coming on the Tech Night Owl Live. <laughs> America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hey, neighbors. Got a small business or a large company that needs to be online 24-7? Well, here's the little secret. To make sure your site is always online, you need world-class DNS service from Dyn. That's D-Y-N. For years, Dyn has been helping companies ranging from the scrappy young startup to the giant media moguls of the world with making sure websites are fast and always available and that your emails are getting delivered. D-Y-N. Get faster internet by using Dyn for DNS. Visit Dyn.com slash podcast 30. 
Fill out the contact form or start shopping right away and save 30% by using the promo code PODCAST30 at checkout. Again, visit Dyn.com, that's D-Y-N.com, slash PODCAST30. Check them out today. Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes, revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporeate e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service fast free same day shipping and a 30 day warranty and satisfaction guarantee so are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle then call 870-518-4307 that's 870-518-4307 or visit lesig.com spelled l-e-c-i-g.com lesig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years in serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. Gardeners, here comes another growing season, but don't use last year's soil. Maximize yields in your survival garden with EM1 from Terraganics. EM1 is an organic soil conditioner, fertilizer amendment, and compost accelerant that provides a broad spectrum of beneficial microorganisms, enzymes, trace minerals, vitamins, and various organic acids. EM1 helps regulate the soil's pH level and its soil microbes, improving moisture retention and drought tolerance. Remember last year's dry conditions? EM1 from Terraganics is safe, chemical-free, and certified for use on all organic farms. It improves plant quality, size, color, flavor, and gives up to 20% more nutrient value in fruits and vegetables and greatly increases shelf life. And EM1 is so simple to use, just mix with water and apply. This year, prepare your crisis garden for maximum yields with EM1 from Terraganix.com. Order now at T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Terraganix, life's getting better. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Kirk McElhern joining us on the Tech Night Owl live. He's a new resident of the UK moving from France. And we're talking about the technology moving from one country to another dealing with the different plugs and the time zones and setting up your gear and getting contracts with wireless providers, getting your TV service set up, and all that stuff. 
and also learning how to drive again. I haven't gotten to that. Um, I've rented an apartment in the center of the city, so I don't need to drive. I'll wait until I've found a more permanent place. This is a temporary place while I get settled. Um, when I found something more permanent, if I'm outside of the center, then I'll take a couple of driving lessons to get used to the rules of the road, which are different, um, to get used to driving on the wrong side of the street. I'll just have to, won't have much of a choice, will I? So you sold your car then before you moved to the UK? Yes, I did. Okay, so yeah. you can put a big down payment on a new car there. Get yourself a Mini. Yeah, you know, I was actually looking at them. They're extremely expensive. They are with all the garbage, because remember, a Mini is basically a low-cost BMW. Yeah, but the price of the cheapest Mini is way above what I want to spend for a car. I, d I don't really care about my car. I want it to just get me to where I'm going and carry what I've bought. Even a used Mini is far more expensive than what I need to spend on a car. But that, that's a question for another day. I'm really not up to that yet. I'm getting settled first, and when I need a car, then I'll start looking into it. Okay, so let's talk about the other subject that we raised in your previous appearance, iTunes. You have an Apple ID, an account in France, and now you're in the U.K. Can you use the same account? Apple doesn't prevent you from connecting to an account in another country. Okay, so it doesn't so matter. It doesn't matter. Um, well, it does. See, here's the, here's the rub. If you're going to keep a bank account in the country where you were, or if you have someone who can get you gift cards, you, you need a credit card to set up an account. But once you, you can take that credit card off, or, or if the credit card expires, you can keep the account. So if you have someone who can sit, give you gift cards or whatever, you can do this. But it's a hassle. I wanted to have everything under one account just because it makes life easier. I don't want to have to keep logging out and logging in. And then you get the problem that once you've logged out, if you want to re-download things, I think you can only change the login every 90 days. Now, this doesn't apply to app updates, but if you want to re-download, say, videos or something, then you've got to wait 90 days. So if you do this, you need to make sure that you keep local copies of all the videos you've downloaded. All right, so let me understand this now. I moved to another country. Now, I can keep my credit card account. If the bank does business in multiple countries, it doesn't make a difference. So my son lives in Spain, but he has a credit card account with an American bank. It has to be a bank in the States. You can't apply an American credit card to an iTunes store in Europe. It'll tell you that this credit card is not valid in the country. What about the credit card provider? They can't just change your address? No, it doesn't work because then if you're moving from France to the UK, suddenly you can't use your account? Yeah. This is yeah. stupid. Well, here's what happened. When I set up my English account, um, I mistakenly, because I have, I have, a, I, I have a, accounts with the same bank now in France and England, which is pretty practical because they're linked and I can transfer money easily. Um, and I mistakenly entered the French credit card number when I was setting up the account. It said this credit card, you can't use this credit card in the UK. You must use a, a UK credit card. And then I put in my English number and it worked fine. So you've got to have a credit card that's with a bank domiciled. Your account has to be domiciled in the country where the iTunes store is. There may be some exceptions in different countries where the rules are slightly different, maybe in all of Eastern Asia or something. I don't know. But this is you know, my experience here and experience of other people I know who've moved, uh, notably between the States and Europe. They've had the same problem. I'm thinking here in the sense of your content. You bought content from the iTunes store in France. Right. Now you're in the UK. Right. 
but you can't update that account with a new credit card number as no. it expires unless you physically have a bank account in that country. That is the stupidest thing imaginable because people do move from country to country. They do. Especially um, in Europe, I think they do more often than the States. Although in the United States, they'll move from the U.S. to Canada and back. Yeah. Same it, thing? It, the problem, and we discussed this a few weeks ago, the problem for me is essentially Europe has no borders, with the exception of, say, Switzerland and, and, and some other countries in Eastern Europe. There are no borders. You can from between one country and another. You can sell things from one country to another. There are no customs anymore. So why are there borders on something that's digital that's not even physical? The answer to the question is because this is what the movie studios slash record labels want, but why does this then apply to apps um, where any app developer can choose to sell their apps in all the countries they want? It's a crazy thing, and... I really hope the European Union gets into this and, you know, does something about this. Have because you asked Apple if they transfer your content? Yes, they, they won't do that. Write a nasty letter to the president of Warner Brothers. Tell him, look, I won't see the new Man of Steel movie unless you get your act together about movie and music sales. There you go. Well, I don't think they care because you, you, these companies are so worried about piracy that they would rather lose sales than open things up. You know, we, we saw how that was with music when music started being sold without DRM back in 2009. The music industry was very hesitant, but it was basically, um, th this was in part prompted by a European Commission investigation into restrictive trade practices because of lack of interoperability. The fact that if you bought from the iTunes store, you couldn't use it with like an MP3 player that needed Windows Media WMA files. But this that is restrictive trade, too. It says, if I move to another country, the content I paid for, I can't use. Exactly. Um, so it is, it's not an interoperability question, um, although technically it is because you can't use, you can't look at videos you bought from iTunes on an Android device, I assume, because of DRM. All right, we understand that. But if it doesn't have DRM, you can transfer the files over and they'll work, which I've done. I've moved them over from iTunes to an Android device. But sure, and now we're talking buy, about I pay money. The iTunes store will work because there's no DRM. So what we're talking about here is a problem of DRM. That's the only problem. So it's the stuff that you bought which had DRM, which therefore is movies, therefore is pre pre the date in which iTunes switched from DRM to DRM free? Well, it's any video, it's any apps that have, that have DRM. Well, everything other than music has DRM. Everything you get from the iTunes store, other than music and podcasts. So I buy, call that restraint of trade in I some way. Too. I certainly would too. But the thing about music is you can re-download your music, but once you've moved to another country, as I said earlier, you've got this thing where you can't log into another account for 90 days. So if you plan to move, make sure you've got all your music downloaded. Um, if you have an iTunes Match account, you've got a – I think you have to empty the account – before you can move, it's very, it's very restrictive, um, and it's very complicated for iTunes Match, where you've gone through all this trouble to match everything, which could take a very long time, and then you find you've got to do it again, um, assuming everything matches and doesn't get uploaded, and you know, it, you may have differences in different countries because of 
um, the, the catalogs in each country. You know, you were an article. Now, with regard to the iTunes store, of course, there's the 10th anniversary, and there was an article that Philip Michaels had written for Macworld on the subject. And I guess considering how it is now and what changes ought to be made, but right now you're giving us a big advertisement here to change the policies and to work out a deal to accommodate people who buy product and now are forced to go through conniptions to use that product because they dared to move to another country. A perfectly legal move. We're not talking about moving to another country and the visa expires and they're there illegally. We're talking about legal move, one country to another. Yes, we have Kirk McElhern following the straight and the narrow who made a legal move from France to the U.K. and iTunes doesn't care. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Introducing a 30-day emergency food supply for only $99. At 30dayfoodsupply.com, you can purchase Oregon Trail Foods' one-month supply of high-quality, nutritious, and healthy emergency meals for less than $100. These vegetarian meals are natural, high in carbs and protein, and are packed with oxygen absorbers in Mylar pouches. They take up to 70% less space than number 10 cans, have a 20-year shelf life, and huge portions, over twice the serving size of some competitors' meals. Oregon Trail Foods and 30dayfoodsupply.com keep prices low by buying direct from producers in Oregon and then pass the savings on to you. Purchase a 30-day, 90-serving emergency food supply for only $99 this month and $10 ships your entire order to the lower 48. Call 541-673-6666 or visit 30dayfoodsupply.com where they make preparedness affordable. 30dayfoodsupply.com. Got it? Get it. Go to 30dayfoodsupply.com. Since disaster can strike at any time, you always need to be prepared. And not just with an insurance policy. Superstorm Sandy left thousands of people starving and stranded for weeks. You need to be prepared with an emergency supply of food. Now through April 30th, save up to 25% on freeze-dried food. During the freeze-dry guy makes and match number 10 can sale. Freeze-dried food packed in heavy-duty double enameled number 10 cans. With over 99% of the oxygen removed, it has the longest shelf life of any food. 
available over 25 years. Choose from entrees, meats, vegetables, fruits, and desserts. All made in the USA. Just add hot water, wait 10 minutes, and serve. And the taste, absolutely delicious. Free shipping to 48 states. Now through April 30th, save up to 25%. Visit freezedryguy.com. Freezedryguy.com. Or call 866-404-3663. 866-404-3663. Act today. Don't miss out. How would you like to have normal blood pressure? This is Ernesto from Illinois. I had my doctor's appointment yesterday and I got my labs in. My HDL is 119L and my LDL is 37L. My doctor asked what I was doing to lower it so much, so I told her about HB Extract. Millions of people like Ernesto are suffering from high blood pressure, congestive heart failure, unbalanced cholesterol, irregular heartbeats, and clogged arteries. But now there's an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation. Heart and Body Extract. My blood pressure has not gone past 125 over 80 in almost a month. Experience amazing benefits when your body gets what it needs with the assistance of Heart and Body Extract. She did a double take when she looked at my ER labs. She couldn't believe it. Order at HBExtract.com or call 866-295-5305. That's HBExtract.com or call 866-295-5305. Thank you. Heart and Body Extract. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Kirk McElher is the iTunes guy. For Macworld, I'm Gene Steinberg in the Tech Night Out Live, and we were talking about the conundrum of moving to another country and having to deal with the content, which is the same, but because of the stupid licensing requirements, it makes things a hell of a mess. There you go. You have to go through all these workarounds. All right, so I'll ask you. Well, you didn't write the content the, isn't all the same, of course, because each country has their own uh, TV shows, movies. I'm not talking about like movies. That. I'm talking about stuff which is the same or similar. Well, apps are the best example. Sure, apps the, would be the same. Movies, well, even that, movies or TV shows, once you buy it, you buy it. The other thing is here, of course, here in the United States, we have one TV standard and you have another TV standard. Yeah, I don't think that applies to video files, though. The files that you actually get. It's how the TV set reproduces it. Yeah, it's the number of lines and and the way it's encoded and all that. Right, it's complicated. There's NTSC, which is kind of like the USA standard, and PAL, which is the European standard, basically. And there used to be CCAM, which was French and Russian only, and that's pretty much been dropped for PAL. Now, it's worth noting that PAL has more lines than NTSC, so comparing a PAL TV to a 720p HD TV, you don't see as much of a difference. I think it's 520 lines compared to 480 in the States. I'll give you the spec right now. According to this, I'm going to a place called Tech. And their spec says that NTSC is 525 scan lines, 30 frames per second. PAL is 25 frames per second, 625 scan lines. But this is not high definition. Right. But 625 is very close to 720. So there's a very small difference between PAL and 720 HD. When HD came into Europe, um, initially at 720 for most things, people weren't that excited about it because they didn't see the difference. 
Here you sure see the difference. Well, now you, in the States you do, and now with 1080 you see the difference. But again, if I recall correctly, you can only see the difference between, what is it, 720 and 1080 if you're at a distance of less than 1.8 times because you're closer. Okay, so, so if you have a 55-inch TV set, okay, mm-hmm. if you're less than 100 inches or something, you won't see the difference? Yeah, a little bit less than that. Let's see, 55 times 1.8, 99 inches, yeah. I was close. I was just pulling it out Not of my bad. hat. Not bad. You see, I'm really good at this. Yeah. I have a great calling, but they haven't figured out what to call it yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Ten years of iTunes. Yeah. Who could have thunk it? It still has, what, two-thirds of the digital download market, despite yeah, Amazon. It's dropping, and, and Amazon's picking up. Um, but it's still the it's still the dominant player in the game. So, looking over ten years, going back to the beginning, what did you expect? Did you expect it to be anything like what it became? Um, well, of course not, because when iTunes started ten years ago, which actually I think it was the fall of two thousand two, um, it was only for music. Now, back then, we were still... Did I have ISDN? No, I had just gotten ADSL, much slower than what I have now. But we were still using very small videos. We had nothing of the quality that you would want to watch on TV. Um, And over time, as iPods added content, so after music it was photos and then later it was videos, Um, the iTunes store sort of caught up. I think, I'm trying to remember when they started selling movies, was it 2007 or so? It it took a while because of the bandwidth issues um, to get to movies and TV. It took a while for the content providers to get used to this and to get comfortable with it. Um, Now, we've certainly reached the point where these things aren't going to change at all. There are no more types of content until someone comes out with holographic TV content or something. Well, you can add um, more formats. You can add 4K. You yeah, can add I don't think 3D. We'll ever see you can 4K. also add 3D. Yeah, I don't think we'll see either 3D or 4K because the size of the files were still pretty far um, from what we need to be able to download those. You can't download a Blu-ray unless you have FiOS. Um, it's just too big. So we're way, way far from that. And given the price of 4K, given the uselessness of 4K TVs, because you've got to be really close to spot the difference, um, given the price of them, um, it, I keep re- I've never seen 3D TV. Um, I have. Apparently, not many users are that interested in them because they're too complicated because of the glasses. Um, the glasses are expensive. They're a hassle. I don't think 3D is going to really dominate in the future not so and i'll tell you why okay number one is more and more tvs use passive 3d which some called real d which is of course the commercial name for the one you see in the movie plex mm-hmm. or theater 3d or cinema 3d it uses passive glasses just like the ones from the motion picture house so you don't have to have what they call the active shutter lenses. Therefore, but you still have to buy the glasses. Yeah, but you can buy them for like 5 $6 a piece, or they give you two or three pair with the set. Or you go to your movie plex, you take one home. Okay. So, yeah, they definitely have that. More and more sets have it. The price differential is almost non-significant. 
I'll give you an example. I know that. I know that. I've, I've been looking at prices of TVs here, and most TVs are now 3D. If you get passive. Now, we have passive because Vizio, our guest from last week, they sent me one of their 55-inch E-Series 3D TV sets to review. And it's great till they take it back, but let me give you the experience. I put in a 3D movie. They sent me a 3D Blu-ray player. You need a 3D Blu-ray player, too, but they're pretty cheap. Right, of course. Okay. So they have one for like $130. You can get them for $100 or less. So basically, every Blu-ray player will soon have 3D. It's like the TVs. Put it in. They sent me a cartoon, Madagascar 3D or something like that. I forget. And it's just like going to the movie theater. Yes, you have a narrow viewing angle because it's 3D. It's not head in the vice, though. It's not uncomfortable. It's no less of an experience if you're sitting, you know, in your bed or in your living room sofa than watching it in the movie house. It's perfectly fine. Problem is here is you don't always have a lot of content in 3D. But like this year, a lot of the major movies are all going to be 3D. Of course, Iron Man 3, Man of Steel, Star Trek Into Darkness, 3D. Mm-hmm. So the point here, of course, has always been content with 3D. You don't have to worry about expensive glasses anymore with, as they say, passive 3D. You don't have to worry about the high cost because the cost of a 3D TV, as you find out, are going down. Only the entry-level cheapest models don't have 3D now. 3D Blu-ray is cheaply available, so it's a matter of content. Now, if Hollywood doesn't take an arm, a leg, and a foot from you for a 3D movie when you buy one... I think it could work. I mean, I wouldn't want to watch four hours of that thing every single day. But I think for a special occasion, I could see no problem with it. I could see it being great for the Super Bowl. Right. Um, special movie. Per- pers- personally, personally, I can't see 3D. Um, I only see out of one eye, so I actually have no idea what it would be like. But I could imagine that for sports, it could be good. Um, for certain types of movies. But... I know my son, he's seen a few movies in 3Ds. He won't bother to go see them anymore. He's not willing to pay more, and he finds that it's just annoying. So I think a lot depends on the technology. I kind of wonder if they didn't rush out a technology a little bit too soon, because a lot of people get headaches and, and, and are feel uncomfortable and get nauseous at 3D movies. Um, and apparently, as you're saying, there's newer technologies, the, the glasses without shutters or whatever. I think they hurried to get a technology out to try and make some money rather than to get something that people are comfortable with. I think part of the issue here is the fact that Avatar became such a huge success in 3D. And it was done tastefully. In other words, it wasn't done just to throw things into your eyes. It wasn't ping-pong ball effects. It was done to give it that third dimension, done very responsibly restrained. Very successful. So what happens when something is very successful in Hollywood? Imitate. They go back, let's try to add 3D to new movies. Let's add 3D to older movies. Let's make the new blockbusters in 3D. So you're going to see 3D. And the fact is now that the price of admission has gone down to a point where you don't have to pay extra for 3D, where the glasses are very cheap. And as I said, it's like $5 each. I think one of the more expensive glasses was a set of four for $29. Okay. At Best Buy. So I don't think it's an issue. Let me... Move that over to TV, and you can certainly get a Blu-ray disc, but you can't broadcast because the bandwidth isn't there yet. You can't broadcast, but 
Kirk McElhern joins us on the Tech Night Owl Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Virtually anyone could be tracking you right now through your cell phone. The fact is, anyone can track your calls, your text, emails, your every movement, but only if they can detect a signal. That's the new warning from the American Civil Liberties Union. It's just released the results of an investigation that found law enforcement agencies across the country track personal cell phones on a regular basis as a form of surveillance. That's why you need Block It Pocket. Block It Pocket is a standard or custom design cloth pocket infused with pure silver that creates a complete Faraday enclosure for any mobile device. With Block It Pocket, all incoming and outgoing signals are blocked, including harmful radiation, and your device cannot be hacked or tracked by anyone. Handmade in the USA, Block It Pocket costs less than $30 and ships free to the lower 48. Call 888-315-9618 or click Block It Pocket, spelled B-L-O-C-K-I-T P-O-C-K-E-T dot com. Block It Pocket, enhancing health and privacy. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. On the Tech Night Owl Live, Kirk McElhern is a skeptic about 3D. I'm Gene Steinberg. I'm on the fence. I've seen one or two things on 3D on a TV. I've seen some 3D movies. I guess it's okay. Kirk says, the bandwidth is an issue for TV, but some of the pay-per-view from cable and satellite providers is offered in 3D. Small amount of content. Right. Now, isn't there supposed to be a new MPEG-4 standard this year or next year with much higher compression for the same quality? Well, these standards are constantly updated, but that doesn't mean that they're going to be adopted universally. Remember that for something like that, the TV set has to be able to decompress it. So you've got a a lag time of several years with something like that. Now, if you have one of these new TVs where you can actually update the firmware or the software or whatever, then it's more likely. But you're not going to have broadcasters broadcasting in a format that can't be decompressed by existing TVs. It's one of those things where it's just going to have to be time. It's like 4K or Ultra HD. Now, Ultra HD is, right now, there's no content for it. Some people are selling sets, $5,000, $10,000. But I just read of a $1,500 set. 
4K. So as the chips progress, at least in terms of delivering the picture, 4K will come down in price and it'll be available. The question then is, what do the content providers do in terms of cable TV, satellite, and broadcast? How do they take care of that? It's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take a few years. Okay. Here's why 4K is never going to take off. There's two basic reasons. The first is that no one can tell the difference unless you're sitting extremely close or unless you have a very, very big TV. The second is that the shift to HD cost broadcasters and TV studios countless billions of dollars around the world. They're not going to trade in their equipment overnight and rebuild everything again. You're going you're gonna to wait a decade or two before there's another major change. Now, I'm not talking about after something is filmed, so it's filmed in 1080, and then you've got a compression uh, system. That could be different. But even that, so for instance, in Europe, d- digital terrestrial TV has been rolled out in the past 10 years or so in Europe. People had to buy new TVs or they had to buy decoder boxes. You can't impose on people every 10 years to have to buy new hardware. Now, granted, you may buy a new TV every 10 years. I might. um, But an awful lot of people don't. And what what happened in France is basically the government gave subsidies to people, low-income people, to be able – for them to be able to buy these converter boxes so they didn't have to buy new TVs. They did that, by the way, here too, by the way, in the U.S., the okay. same thing. Oh, by the way, the new standard is H.265, twice right. as efficient as H.264. So then, of course, you'd have to have some kind of adaptive method of dealing with decoders. They'd have to upgrade the decoders over the next five or ten years. It'd be a situation where new hardware might have it and be backwards compatible, but old hardware will still be out. So it's still going to be a process of 10 or 20 years. Yeah. Now, you can roll this process into a set-top box. So a cable company can use this, sure. but you can't do this with standard um, terrestrial TV. That's where the problem comes. Once you've got a box in between your TV and the source, you can convert to anything you want. So people with cable or satellite, they might be, be able to use this sort of thing, which means that in your regular cable channels, your pay-per-view, you may get better quality compression. But you're not going to get this over terrestrial TV for a very long time. Understood. But let's go back to iTunes. Okay. Ten years of the iTunes store. What does Apple do for the next ten years? This is the big problem. Now, I remember writing an article about the what I called the iPod Plateau a number of years ago. Um, once we had gotten music, photos, videos, books, apps, and all that on the iPod, there's nothing more to put on it. Apple can add new features, and as we've seen with recent iPhones, those features are ver- more and more limited each time maybe a different size screen or, or things like that, but there's nothing else to sell. They have all the content that you can think of until someone comes up with really good smell vision or holographic television. We've got everything. So we're in a situation where the market is extremely mature, where we're not going to see these sorts of changes in content, and what we're going to see are very small incremental changes in the way that content is provided to us. Now, I could imagine that, I don't know, say Apple sets up a system where you can watch a TV show on your computer and stop watching it and pick up your iPad and watch it and the location will be synced. You know, little features like that that make it easier in terms of usability. But there is absolutely no sort of content that they can change to make things any different. We've got up to 1080p. 
um, on the iTunes store. Maybe not in all countries for all content, but once we get there, that's the limit. We've got ebooks. There's no issues of quality in ebooks. You may add more pictures and movies, you know, rich uh, media things, but that's it. You could go into um, high resolution audio, but I don't think the market really cares about that. So there's nothing more to happen. All that they can do now is concentrate on different ways of providing content to users. This could be different pricing issues. Um, these could be subscriptions. Um, there are rumors about iRadio or some sort of streaming service. There were rumors a while ago about subscriptions to TV channels, like you'd subscribe to HBO through the iTunes store. Instead of a season pass for a series, you'd get access to everything on the channel, which, in my opinion, makes a lot of sense. But the cable providers are going to not be happy about that. Well, the cable providers can do that themselves, like Time Warner Cable has an iOS app now. So right. you can get to see some of the content. So I don't see where it's a problem that Apple well, can make it's, a it's deal a for the, with the, the they can make a channels. deal with the cable and satellite providers and say, okay, here's the Dish Network one, the Direct TV app, the Cox Communications app. No, no, no. I'm not thinking the providers. I'm thinking the the premium channels like HBO and Showtime and the others. Unbundling them from your cable, which means that you may not want to pay for your cable anymore, because you can get all these things separately. That's where you have the problem because that's part of the whole agreement. This is where right. the problem is with the content providers and the carriers. And right now, the content providers don't want to do that. So right. Viacom doesn't want to do it. They want to give you 49 channels. They go to Cox Communications and say, okay, we'll give you 49 channels for a couple of dollars a month, whatever the cost is, per subscriber. But of that, three or four are good channels. The rest are the, the comb-seeth channel, which means nothing. But the channel means nothing. You have a channel that has no resemblance to anything. Like, you have yeah. to include the hand-wringing channel or the left ventricle channel. So even <laughs> though you don't care about the hand-wringing channel or the left ventricle channel, you have to take it to get USA Network or Sci-Fi, right. for example. Yeah, and, and that is obviously something that Apple can't impose because you've got a whole market structured around this sort of delivery method. Apple can slowly show the premium channels why it would be in their interest to do something like that, but I can't see that happening overnight. Um, so basically, what can the iTunes store offer? Um, streaming? So iRadio? Would it be streaming to the whole catalog? Would it be a limited type of streaming where you can listen to a song three times or something. Don't know. Um, maybe they could work out things with movie studios to have subscriptions. You know, what, what I'd like to see in the iTunes store, frankly, is more aggressive pricing the way, like the way Amazon does it. Amazon every month has, I don't know, 100 or 200 albums that they sell for anywhere from 2 to $5. Um, Apple basically has one ninety-nine cent movie rental a week, and the occasional sort of price drop on a particular artist's work, whereas Amazon's much more aggressive. And this is, by the way, this is why Amazon's taking um, more of the market from Apple, because they are more aggressive in terms of pricing. So here's the point here. Apple then should have more sales? I think they should have sales. I think every, every month, like Amazon does, they should have 100 albums at, at two or three bucks to get people to, to buy more. Um, I think instead of one ninety-nine cent or 99 pence rental a week, they should have three or five. I think they used to have more than one a couple of years ago. I'm not sure. I think they should give more 
um, free TV programs. And you get a lot of pilots for free, obviously, to get people interested. Um, and there's one here that I'm going to download later called Defiance. Have you oh, seen this? Defiance. I'll tell you about Defiance in a moment. We have Kirk McElhern joining Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Owl Live. And just a little bit later, we'll be featuring Brian Chaffin. He's the co-founder and one of the chief cooks and bottle washers over at the Mac Observer. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hi, this is Gary Cooper with Midas Resources Gold and Silver. Don't be surprised when the global elite confiscates money from your bank account one day. They have already very clearly telling you that they're going to do it. With what just happened in Cyprus serving as a blueprint for future bank bailouts, if you are concerned about keeping your money, why not consider storing your wealth in gold and silver? Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130. Together, we'll discuss your options of buying gold and silver. Again, the global elite have plans for your money and it doesn't include you. So call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130, and I will send you a booklet with 10 reasons why gold and silver could be right for you. Again, don't get caught with money in your account when the next bank bailout hits. Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130. Got a simple question for you. Can you sell? Yes? Okay. Can you sell the intangible? If yes, and you'd like to work 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, with no overtime, no weekends, if you're passionate about not closing sales, but about opening relationships, if you truly have a desire to serve global clients who need your advertising expertise, and you're local to the Twin Cities and Burnsville, are hardworking, self-driven, with experience in sales, marketing, or advertising, are personable and a whiz on the phone, GCN wants to talk with you right now. GCN, the Genesis Communications Network, is one of the largest independent talk radio networks in the world, and we're hiring right now. We offer benefits and an excellent commission structure. Experience preferred, but we'll train the right person. Is that you? Submit your resume today to advertise at GCNlive.com. Again, that's advertise at GCNlive.com. Come work with the Genesis Communications Network, an equal opportunity employer. 
Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. That bears repeating. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. And Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse is the key to digestive health. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic, strong enough to cleanse, gentle enough to use every day. Pro-EM-1 is dairy, wheat, and soy-free, contains all natural and certified organic ingredients, contains no preservatives or animal products, supports a healthy digestive and immune system, supports weight loss, improves absorption of food nutrients, aids in controlling yeast infections, is never freeze-dried, and uses three groups of live, viable, beneficial microbes to cleanse and remove toxins. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, Terraganics.com, or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Pro-EM-1, the raw probiotic. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. One more segment with Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy, talking about movie downloads and everything and the possibilities of different kinds of content, such as unbundling the networks. Defiance, sci-fi channel, TV, science fiction show. The best premiere of a science fiction show on the sci-fi channel since the premiere of Eureka back in 2006. I have all that information in my head. It is simultaneously... (laughs) a sci-fi TV show, and a game. Oh, okay. That won't last long. I don't know if it's done well. I mean, the stuff that relates to the game in the first or pilot episode wasn't that severe. One of the people responsible is Rockney O'Bannon, who did Farscape. He's one of the people involved in Defiance. It is actually, I thought the first episode was really good, and I didn't think of it as being something related to a video game except in the one sequence where they're fighting the aliens and you see kind of video game stuff but you see that in movies all the time so it it didn't bother me so that's true well it's free um in the english itunes store the pilot parts one and two so i'm going to download that when we're finished and i'll watch that this evening and let me know yeah and and i think you're not a sci-fi person are you Yes, I am. Well, oh, I used are. to be. I grew up on sci-fi. I grew up on classic sci-fi. Um, in the 70s, I read hundreds of great sci-fi novels from, you know, back in the 30s through the 70s. I kind of got more bored with sci-fi when it turned into A, repetitive fantasy, and B, repetitive sci-fi with aliens and fighting and all that sort of crap. So I've been less interested in a lot of sci-fi recently. I am probably going to go see that movie Oblivion, though. That looks kind of interesting. Tom Cruise, Morgan Freeman, yes. What about something like Star Trek Into Darkness? I haven't seen any of the... Well, I saw the early Star Trek movies with the initial cast, but I've never seen any of the other series or, or movies after that. Okay, what about comic books? I was a big fan in the 70s before comic books became, you know, graphic novels and all that. I totally dislike the style of artwork that's used in comic books these days. And remember, I lived in France for nearly three decades where comic books are considered an art form and where there are a much broader range of styles, but it's not a thing that really interests me anymore. 
What about the movies, especially when they're using A-list actors now? Remember, this is the, the trend back in the 40s and 50s and whatever. Anything made from a cartoon or comic book or something, you always made it into, like, the cheap B-movie with the cheesy special effects. And yeah. then in 1978, they did Superman the movie. And they had Marlon Brando in there. Of course, they had Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor. Okay, A-list actors. Mm. And now, of course, with the Man of Steel movie... You have a lot of A-list actors in there. Iron Man has Robert Downey Jr., who's just a fabulous actor. A-list actors in all these comic book movies. What about them? They don't excite me a lot. I've seen uh, several of the Batman movies, and I found them pretty boring, just too much action just for the sake of action. Uh, The Spider-Man movie's a little bit better. Iron Man, I thought, was really, really thin. I I like the Die Hard movies. I saw Die Hard 5 a few weeks ago. It was pretty bad, but... You know, it's still a Bruce Willis movie, and it's fun for that. That's um, You must like The Expendables, then. I haven't seen that. You know, the ones I'm talking about, where you have Sylvester Stallone and Schwarzenegger and Willis, and they get yeah, all no, the middle-aged to senior citizen action film stars all in one film. And I think back to the days of the old Universal horror films, where what you would do when interest waned, Instead of having one monster like Frankenstein, Dracula, or the Wolfman, you got them all together. So now, as interest in traditional action films wanes, you have to have all the action stars. Like in Expendables 2, I don't think there was any action star that wasn't in there except for <laughs> Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. Yeah, that's, and I think that, he's going to be in the next one. They just keep upping the ante to try and get more people to go because... People aren't going to these movies as much as they'd want. I don't know. You know, maybe it makes it easier to sell them on DVD or to get people to watch them on cable or whatever. Um, remember, the market's totally different than, than what we're talking about in the past, before the days of even videotapes. When a movie's made, the primary market isn't necessarily the movie theater anymore. Even though it's going to be in the movie theaters, the primary market afterwards is DVDs, Blu-rays, um, downloads, and the whole thing. But yeah, I'm not a big fan of these movies that are just for a lot of glitz. What I will say is that I'll be seeing a lot more movies here because in France, where I was living, um, it was pretty rare to get movies that were not dubbed into French. Now, you can get movies that are subtitled in the bigger cities, or you can get them on, on the TV channels in English or whatever the original language is. But in the city I was living in, you just didn't get them at all. Now, unfortunately, movies are pretty expensive here. Um, I went to see the Bruce Willis movie. I think it was seven fifty, which is about twelve bucks. That's a that lot of money. It is for a expensive, movie. yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, no, it was more. It was eight twenty or something like that. Eight pounds twenty. Um, the pounds, I think, a dollar fifty something. So we're so we're talking twelve dollars or more, which makes it much more interesting to get a very large screen TV and buy DVDs or rent from the iTunes store at, I think it's four or five pounds. Remember, there's 20% VAT over here, so the pricing doesn't match exactly. It's not a straight conversion. So, yeah, at, at those prices, it's, uh, I'll be going to see the movies that I really want to see. Yeah, I'm looking. It's $4.49 um, to rent The Hobbit, for instance. That's so pounds or dollars? In pounds. In pounds. Okay. So make that 6 $7 almost. Okay, so right now, if I want to rent The Hobbit from iTunes... It's four ninety nine, four dollars ninety nine cents from iTunes, or maybe five ninety nine, depending on how it, recent some, the title is. It might be five ninety nine, but don't forget that there's twenty percent VAT here, and you don't pay any sales tax over there yet for those things. It'll come. It will. 
I guess, you know, I guess it's fair, actually. But, yeah, so the price of movies is relatively expensive. Um, so it'll... There are movie theaters here that you can buy a, a, a an all-you-can-eat ticket for, I think it's 15 pounds a month. Um, I oh. know that was the case. A friend in Manchester, we went to a big movie theater with like 12 screens, and they had a thing like that. So for 15 pounds a month, if you see two movies... It's cheaper than paying for each one. If there are enough movies and you want to go once a week, then you're getting a pretty good deal. And um, if you're really crazy and just shoot out to the multiplex every afternoon? Well, not every afternoon because, you know, in, in a given month, there's only going to be, what, 10 movies or whatever. Um, but you still have to compare that with what you can get on pay TV, how far you are from the movie theater and, and all those things and, and, you know, the timing of having to be at a certain time rather than um, recording something on a DVR and watching when you want. So, that you know, all these issues. But it's true that if you do want to go to the movies regularly and you're in a city that has that sort of an offer, then it's worth checking out. Ah, I don't know of one here in any of the local theaters. We'll have to see. Kirk really? They, they don't do that in the States. Because I know they do that in, in Paris. Um, I have to really I, check it. I really haven't researched it. Kirk McElhern, where do we find more of your stuff? Well, you can find me on my website at McElhern.com. You can find me on Macworld. You can find me on Mac OS X Hints. And if you look around, you'll find me in some other places, too. Even here. Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me again, Gene. And just a little bit later, we'll be featuring Brian Chaffin... He's the co-founder and one of the chief cooks and bottle washers over at the Mac Observer. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. So here Here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. In an emergency situation, would you drink contaminated water? You could if you had the amazing LifeStraw from MyPatriotSupply.com. LifeStraw is the most advanced personal water filter available today. It filters contaminated water from almost any source. LifeStraw is lightweight and compact, perfect for hiking, camping, or in an emergency like a flood. LifeStraw is easy to clean, comes with a one-year warranty, and has been used worldwide since 2005. Get the amazing LifeStraw personal water filter at MyPatriotSupply.com. Plus, check out Survival Seed Vault, 20 seed varieties for only $37.95, Tatler Kenning Lids, long-term storable foods as low as $69. 
$29.95, and much more at MyPatriotSupply.com. Enjoy stress-free shipping on all orders over $49. Call 866-229-0927 or visit MyPatriotSupply.com. That's 866-229-0927, MyPatriotSupply.com. For emergency preparedness, self-reliance, and food independence. Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporeate e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service fast free same day shipping and a 30 day warranty and satisfaction guarantee so are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle then call 870-518-4307 that's 870-518-4307 or visit lesig.com spelled l-e-c-i-g.com lesig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker do you suffer from low-functioning adrenal or thyroid gland? Did you know that mercury from your dental fillings comes off your teeth both as a vapor and as metal particles into your body? Wherever mercury deposits in your body, it stops cells from functioning normally. Animal studies show that mercury causes kidney function to drop by 60%. Mercury deposited into your adrenals or thyroid will cause a corresponding drop in function. The number one method by which your body detoxifies itself of mercury is glutathione. The number one superfood that helps turn on all 75 trillion cells of your body to produce glutathione is non-denatured whey protein from grass-fed cows. After investigating most high-end whey proteins on the market, only one is the most non-denatured, the most active, the most complete, and in our opinion, the most powerful in what nature originally put into the fresh raw whey. It is One World Whey. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We're joined by Brian Chaffin from the Mac Observer, and we've got so much to talk about, we're just going to dive right in. Now, Brian did not hear the previous interview we did with Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy. Of course, he moved from France to the UK. Now, Brian, welcome back to the show, and I'm going to throw something at you here and get your reaction. That is, imagine now you live in one country, you have an iTunes account, and it's financed by a credit card in that country. Mm-hmm. Okay, you move to another country, but you have a problem because you can only use a credit card that's in the country in which the account is active. Sure. Okay, so moving from one country to another, what happens to all the content like movies that have DRM? You have to have multiple Apple IDs? Um, if you're going to move permanently, I've never even thought about moving permanently, you could continue to shop at the old store that you first started doing business with as long as you had uh, a credit card based in that country. That's right. You'd have to keep that account. Yeah, you have to keep that account. Isn't that dumb? Um, 
all the DRM stuff is done, right? I mean, this is this is a mess that all the content owners they, they don't really have a, a vested interest in in in, uh, in in solving or fixing because they're all paranoid. They're all scared of uh, of any kind of disruption of the status quo, even when the status quo wasn't working. And I don't know. I mean, the the whole thing is a mess, but you know, Apple's hands are tied. Uh, in many of these cases, because the DRM that is there is because of the content owners. And it's there at their behest. I know. I think I'd like to take the president of Warner Brothers Music, or just Warner Brothers, the full company with the movies and the music, and sit him down in the corner and say, hey, man, smack him on the head like they do on the NCIS TV show to wake somebody up, <laughs> and say, okay, now, it's the same person who moves from France to the U.K. because he just wants to live in another country. Maybe he gets a job in another country. Why should he have to put up with this mushigas? That's what we used to say in Brooklyn. It's true. It's totally true. You shouldn't have to put up with this. But at the same time, let me, let me, let me, oh gosh, I hate taking the devil's advocate position when it's, when it's defending, especially the, the, uh, the record labels on this sort of thing. Um, although, the record labels have largely let go of DRM, but let's let's leave that aside for now. When you have IP laws that differ so much from uh, region to region, country to country, uh, especially if you're looking at, say, Asia versus South America versus North America versus Europe, and you know what the content owners dreadfully fear is being able to this is consumers being able to shop anywhere in the world that they want because that of course would would very quickly route all the business to wherever everything was uh, the weakest on piracy right exactly and it's it is a tough position to be in when you're a content owner it's you know it's it's one thing for me and you to to sit here and go on hey, those guys you know i mean, i i, I I, I but it's more that. fun to say, "Hey, those guys!" Yeah, it, right, because because it's you know <laughs> because those guys get so much of it wrong. It's just not it's not a black and white situation. Is my only point, and, and and I'm I'm glad that that part of my job is to is to talk about what those guys do rather than having to make some of the decisions that they make. They'd have to start looking at an entire world as opposed to a country. Now, yeah, but that's but the problem. That. The problem is that you have so many different local regulations, yeah. and as you say, intellectual property. But I understand when it comes maybe to sale hardware to meet specific specs in a specific country. But we're talking about the movie. The movie's the same. Right. The movie's the same if I watch Man of Steel, which is opening in June. It's going to be the same movie here as in Europe, except for the different TV standards. Right. So why should I put up with this nonsense? Well, you um, I, the, the, now you're actually looking at the realm of of, of copyright laws that are local, and now, it makes so it even more confusing now. Even the people who appear in the movie Man of Steel will have problems because Henry Cavill is British. He comes to America. He wants to use his iTunes content, the movies he downloaded. He's got to keep his account in England. It's confusing just for the people who are in the movie because all these movies now have multinational stars. Yeah, but but keeping your account is is the least problematic of everything. The, the real problem is when you're moving permanently and you want to be able to shop 
to, to shop locally. The ability to keep your account, in, the, in his case, in England and still shop from it while he's visiting in the States, that's actually not much of a problem. That's not a problem. But I'm thinking maybe you have homes in both countries or maybe for tax reasons, for whatever reason, you move your domicile permanently to another country. Yeah, at some point, copyright needs to reflect the global nature of our, the increasingly global nature of, of our world. Let's talk about the global nature. Of course, as we all know, most of the components, most of the products that you buy from Apple and other countries, they're built by these Asian assemblers like Foxconn. Okay? We all know about Foxconn. As a matter of fact, the New York Times won a Pulitzer Prize for this story where they allegedly exposed unsafe working conditions at Foxconn and other companies. I guess blaming Apple because of that. Even though some of the information they had was wrong, but they still won a Pulitzer. So I guess being accurate isn't enough to win a Pulitzer. It requires something else. But anyway, let's get back to the story here. <laughs> story comes out that Foxconn signs a deal with Microsoft to collect royalties for the manufacturing of Android handsets because Microsoft asserts patents used in Android. Right. Isn't that strange? I mean, I've heard this before, but it is so weird. Yeah, well, you know, it's Microsoft wants to collect revenue. They want to license their patents they see their patents as a licensing vehicle whereas apple has historically seen its patents as a control vehicle and you know apple probably could have gotten all sorts of licenses for the for the patents that it's been fighting but it instead has been trying to stop the uh companies of particular samsung uh before that htc um, from continuing to copy their patented innovations. And, uh, uh, and so they haven't gotten any money, whereas Microsoft has gone out and, and sought money. I'm, which strategy is the better one? Well, in the case of Apple, Apple wants to keep other companies from using certain elements of technology. Microsoft is saying Android contains parts of their technology and supposedly they've already signed up more than half of the handset makers directly. So, for example, allegedly, according to one published report, Samsung, HTC, other companies pay Microsoft 10 bucks for every Android handset they sell. Right. Okay. Now, I'm confused. You probably read the same story I did regarding the Foxconn agreement. So if these companies who are having their gear assembled by Foxconn, if they already pay royalties to Microsoft, I guess that's taken into account. Yeah, I'm not really sure why the manufacturer has to pay this. Or is it, is I, I, the, the reports that I read were not crystal clear. Kind of vague, let's put it is, that way. Is Foxconn collecting money on Microsoft's behalf? Or is my is, is Foxconn actually paying per device? And I, I, I'm, that part I'm not actually clear on. It's the the really interesting thing to me is that Microsoft has caused Android to not be a free OS for for these people that they're collecting money from. And the way it looks like, because Foxconn is the largest maker, 
these products that pretty much all Android handsets be licensed from Microsoft. We have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now I can help you reduce or eliminate your tax debts and end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce and eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. And with the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. Introducing a 30-day emergency food supply for only $99. At 30dayfoodsupply.com, you can purchase Oregon Trail Foods' one-month supply of high-quality, nutritious, and healthy emergency meals for less than $100. These vegetarian meals are natural, high in carbs and protein, and are packed with oxygen absorbers in Mylar pouches. They take up to 70% less space than number 10 cans, have a 20-year shelf life, and huge portions, over twice the serving size of some competitors' meals. Oregon Trail Foods and 30dayfoodsupply.com keep prices low by buying direct from producers in Oregon and then pass the savings on to you. Purchase a 30-day 90-serving emergency food supply for only $99 this month and $10 ships your entire order to the lower 48. Call 541-673-6666 or visit 30dayfoodsupply.com where they make preparedness affordable. 30dayfoodsupply.com. Got it? Get it. Go to 30dayfoodsupply.com. I have bought a few bottles of heart and body extract and have to say that it it certainly does work. That's what Jack from Michigan had to say after his experience with heart pain and what he did to treat it with heart and body extract. I actually had a huge heart flutter. I was also having some edema around my ankles and very worrisome clot in my uh, right leg that would happen from time to time while I was trying to sleep. Heart and body extract is all natural with no negative side effects. It will help repair or correct past problems associated with the heart and body circulation. 
after my second bottle of heart and body extract, all problems are now gone. Order at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. I ordered a third bottle of heart and body extract for maintenance as I want to keep everything working. Order heart and body extract at 866-295-5305 or hbextract.com. Heart and body extract for a long and healthy life. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. On the Tech Night Out Live, Brian Chaffin from the Mac Observer. And we were talking about this peculiar situation where Microsoft makes money every time they sell an Android handset. I would think, Brian, just kind of looking at the speculation here, that very likely because Foxconn is building for a whole bunch of manufacturers, it's easy for Microsoft to work a deal with one place for the companies they're not already collecting from, and they have to go to each and every one and sign up a separate license. Well, yeah, but at the same time, Foxconn isn't doing the software, and the patents that Microsoft has are all software-related. So I'm still honestly confused as to why Foxconn would have had to uh, agree to this, but there clearly is a reason. There's clearly some some missing information, and uh, hopefully that will become more clear with time. The problem with stories like this is they get to the surface, and they never answer questions like that. But the other part of the story is that supposedly Microsoft earns more money from Android licensing than they earn from Windows Phone. Oh, sure. <laughs> it's because no, no one buys the Windows Phone. That's it. That's it. Yeah. It's, um, so when you, again, compare Microsoft's strategy to Apple's strategy, would Apple have been better served looking for licensing deals to further add cost to these Android devices? Would that have actually suited Apple's purposes more in the long run than the effort to actually stop these devices from being made or stop the copying from occurring? Because while Apple has won agreements, the reality is is that there is still uh, infringement going on all the time and and, uh, Apple hasn't actually achieved anything. And where the wins have happened, they've been for features that very few people even notice, like the bounce-back feature. So, for example, you know, you pull down a screen on an iPhone, it bounces back like a rubber band, the rubber band feature. And now, if you look at the current smartphones from Samsung, for example, when you move the little screen to the end, you see a little light or a little flash. Instead of a rubber band, you see a flash. So, from rubber band to flash, Apple won on that. But who cares? I mean, some of these features are just... Subtle. Some of them are certainly subtle. I actually think that that that's an important one, and not uh, maybe maybe this is a good use of irony. But ironically, uh, Apple may lose this patent in the first place. That this patent is under challenge at the USPTO. Um, Bounce back. The bounce back, yeah, the overscroll, the overscroll bounce uh, patent. But I actually think that is an important one. I believe, Gene, that. The little subtle things that Apple spent years developing 
to make a touch interface make sense, to make this new paradigm make sense to us as users, I actually think those are the important ones. I, and, and the overscroll bounce in particular is was one of those things that it just it makes perfect sense when you first pick it up. And Apple had to figure out how to do that. I actually, so I actually think that's an important one. Well, regardless of which feature we look into, the point is Apple has a right to develop their own things, to patent those inventions, and to prevent other companies from using it without permission. And if they don't get permission, they have a right to sue. So in that case, Apple has a point. Now, the question would be with Microsoft, do these patents otherwise impact Microsoft's products and services in a way that makes them especially unique, or are they just patents that are sitting there unused and might as well get money from them? We don't know which ones they are, do we? No, it's it's probably a mixture, though. It's probably stuff that, that, that they're covered. But, but Microsoft's entire business model is this open licensing thing. So it, it really it certainly makes a lot more sense for Microsoft to to approve this strategy, and the company has made lots of money. And hurrah! Um, I I do to just bring this back one more time. I, I I do wonder if Apple would have been better served pursuing a similar strategy. It never would have happened under Steve, of course. Well, the other problem to look at here is if I was a Samsung or an HTC or one of these other companies. And I'm looking at what I'm doing. I'm paying Microsoft so I can license a free OS. Right. I'm spending all this money suing or being sued by Apple. HTC made the agreement. Samsung still has it. But, you know, we look at that particular situation. How about just dropping Android and getting out of the Android business altogether and use Tizen or whatever it's called, or one of these other operating systems, get away from that. We're seeing that movement now because Samsung, in their announcements, I think we mentioned this before, for the Galaxy S4 barely mentioned Android. And now with this news, it's telling me that, number one, companies have less of an incentive to use Android. And then you wonder how much Google cares when it seems they make most of their money from everything else. And now the head of the Android division, Mr. Android himself, Andy Rubin, one of the guys who invented Android, he's even moved on to another division. You know, Google could cut that whole thing out. It's not that Google doesn't kill products and services. Well, the reality, though, is that mobile is... It's pretty universally agreed at this point that mobile is the near, medium, and maybe even the long-term future. And what Google was worried about in the first place, once the iPhone was released, was that Apple was suddenly going to control all of mobile and Google wouldn't be able to get all that data on what we do with our mobile devices for them to profile us. That problem doesn't go away just because Google isn't yet making a ton of money for mobile. And don't forget that while mobile may not be directly contributing to Google's profits, the ads that Google sells on the desktop are certainly affected by their overall profiles, which are increasingly coming from mobile use. So mobile is still important to Google. The other question would be, would Google have done better not to build its own OS, but to strike more 
lucrative partnerships with people like Apple, long-term partnerships where Google's not a competitor, so Apple has every incentive to do things that make Google more money. I think so. I think that Google and Apple should have been partners. I think that Google should have been should have supplied all this stuff that Google does better than Apple to Apple, and that Apple would have been better served by getting those things that a company like Google can do better, and and continuing to get those things from Google. And the problem is that either Larry or Eric, or one of the two of them, freaked out that they that they could find themselves locked out of uh, Apple's uh, ecosystem at some point, and that at that point, Apple would have, would have owned the world. So the issue being here, that paranoia reigned supreme, but in the end, Android may not have been the best choice if everyone's moving away from it anyway, and it's becoming so fragmented it can't make yeah, them no, profits. Who's moving away from it? No one's moving away from well, it. Well, right now you have forks of Android. You have right. Amazon. Amazon is using Android for one of the more popular non-Apple tablets. It's not helping Google at all. If Samsung moves away from Android, and there's that danger, as we can see, the major areas of success for Android disappear. They've gone elsewhere. Well, keep keep in mind that the Samsung has delusions of grandeur. Well, Samsung that's true also. We want to get into matter. that in a moment, by the way, in our next topic. But let's get into that. Yes. They definitely have delusions. Explain that in more detail. But if you look at the court filings for the action before Judge Coe in San Jose, you saw a lot of hubris in the part of Samsung and what they did. Absolutely, and in, in particular, uh, particularly boy, for something to that effect. But uh, Samsung, the, the delusions of grandeur that I'm talking about in, 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 on this topic is that they have lost sight of the fact that their ability to package hardware better than other Android makers is in some way tied to the software services that they add on top of or or pile on top of Android. And I believe that that is erroneous. I don't think that anyone's buying Samsung devices, at least not in the States, that I don't think anyone's buying Samsung devices because of the Samsung software layers on top of Android. And they think that they can somehow provide their own end-to-end solutions like Apple, and I believe that they're utterly wrong, and the ability, the potential for them to switch to Tizen should not be mistaken for their ability to sell Tizen-based products. There you go. We're going to move into more examples of Samsung doing some strange or nasty things. We have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. 
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Since disaster can strike at any time, you always need to be prepared. And not just with an insurance policy. Superstorm Sandy left thousands of people starving and stranded for weeks. You need to be prepared with an emergency supply of food. Now through April 30th, save up to 25% on freeze-dried food. During the freeze-dry guy makes and match number 10 can sale. Freeze-dried food packed in heavy-duty, double-enameled number 10 cans. With over 99% of the oxygen removed, it has the longest shelf life of any food available over 25 years choose from entrees meats vegetables fruits and desserts all made in the usa just add hot water wait 10 minutes and serve and the taste absolutely delicious free shipping to 48 states now through april 30th save up to 25 percent visit freezedryguy.com freezedryguy.com or call 866-404-3663 866-404-3663 act today don't miss out Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Now, one thing about Samsung, Brian Chaffin, is the fact that they make good stuff. No one's saying that the Samsung Galaxy phones aren't bad phones. They're pretty good phones. They make really highly rated television sets. They make appliances. I mean, appliances like refrigerators and dishwashers and washing machines. They make everything. It's amazing what they make. But I guess they have an ego problem. And it looks like they're pulling some sort of dirty tricks recently against HTC, was it, in Taiwan? In Taiwan, yeah. They were caught red-handed hiring college students to bash HTC in anonymous online posts, comments, in other words, and and articles and such. And to, so bash HTC products, talk up Samsung products, and in some cases even post uh, fake uh, benchmarks uh, relating to battery life and and talk time and things like that. And uh, they got busted by the Taiwan, I think it's called the Fair Trade Commission. It has a has a name that I that escapes me right now. But it is uh, FTC though. Yeah. The letters are FTC, but it stands for something different. Uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's the Fair Trade Commission. Something like that. Mm-hmm. And they quickly owned up to it. They quickly said, uh, uh, "Yep, oops, that was us." Um, this is you know this behavior. It, it's really interesting. They issued this 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 statement. And the statement 
acknowledges the problem but doesn't really apologize for the problem. It really comes off more as an apology for having gotten caught than it does for having done the thing in the first place. And you know, I, I wrote a I wrote a, an editorial saying that that Samsung should take this opportunity. They are they are a leader in smartphones. They have never been as high profile as they are right now, uh, at least outside of uh, Korea. And they should take this opportunity to examine their own cultural values because they seem to have uh, an integrity problem. They seem to have a win at all or any cost mentality that I think is not good. Well, the thing here is it's all about sales. So long as sales are pretty good, and they are, they're not going to change anything. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. I don't think it'll. I don't think this will result in what I want happening. Happening, but uh, I, I wish that it would. But if you were Samsung, what would you do? <sighs> you know that that it's a it's a fair question. But I I realize that that I get. I get hung up on integrity. I get hung up on doing the right thing. I get hung up on, uh, um, you know, simply making the right decisions in a way that a lot of people don't. So, you know, I, I'm not a CEO of a multi-billion-dollar electronics company. I, you know, I, I realize that it's real easy for me to sit here and say Samsung should just do the right thing, and. But you know that's not really how that's not really how the real world works. Um, the right way a multinational corporation works is you make as much money as you can. Yeah. You sell as much as you can. You beat down the competition, and don't get caught. Right. I mean, Microsoft has done things in terms of getting publicity. New versions of Windows come out, and they'll feed certain technology bloggers with free gear, hoping to get a favorable review. It didn't help with Windows Eight. No, it didn't help with Windows 8, and they did get caught doing some falsified or some, some fake grassroots campaigns, right, where they were hiring uh, PR agencies, uh, similar to what Samsung did in Taiwan, but where they were hiring PR agencies in the States to generate supposedly grassroots, um, um, you know, talk about uh, Microsoft products that was all fake, so Microsoft has done this, the same thing, and it, it was just as wrong when Microsoft did it. Well, at least, of course, Samsung is just doing what other companies do. Yeah, Samsung can be very imitative in certain ways. That's how they became famous, was to make lower-cost versions of popular products that were as good or maybe better. Like, for example, whatever happened to Panasonic and Sony, <laughs> you know? Right. Panasonic is not doing so well, Sony, but Samsung's a powerhouse. And for all practical purposes, you can buy a Samsung flat panel TV and it'll be just as good. Well, and But where's the their new technology? Where did they innovate? They do have... They see, and that's the interesting thing, is that there are areas where they do innovate, where they do put lots of money into R&D, and this is certainly on the manufacturing side. And it's also on, um, uh, like in the wireless world, I, I won't claim to be an expert on Samsung's overall business, but in the wireless world, Samsung generates substantial revenue from having developed technologies that get included in wireless standards around the world. 
Those are legitimate innovations. Those are legitimate creations. Um, they're um, and for the most part legitimate patents. And Samsung has every right to be very, very proud of its contributions uh, in, in those areas. But then you've got these other areas where it does feel like it has the right to pretty much take any idea that that anyone else has had and, and use it for its own profit. And I I've got a problem with that. It may be a feeling of entitlement. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Part of it is that. There's a feeling of entitlement. Look, we're successful. Let's just continue what we're doing. And that the lawsuits involving Apple, just the cost of doing business, which may be why they've been so reluctant to settle. Right. Even this billion-dollar fine, assuming that Apple can can, can, can keep that billion-dollar fine in place, that would be a drop in the bucket for the amount of money that uh, Samsung is making uh, uh, off of Android. It could very well just be a cost of uh, business for the company. It's very much like the way Microsoft does business. Look how many fines Microsoft has paid to the European Union over a billion dollars for doing things. I'll give you one example, which really gets me into how the heck could they do that? Some people say it's the WTF conclusion or reaction, and that is where, if you remember in Europe, Microsoft had to provide versions of Windows where you get a ballot box to choose your default browser. You'd have a selection of all the popular browsers, Apple, Safari, Firefox, Chrome, Internet Explorer, I guess Opera 2, a few others. And apparently, at one point in time with Windows 7, they shipped millions of copies without the choice. And nobody knew this for, what, a year or so? And Mm. suddenly the European Union gets in there and says, hey, they can't do that, we'll find them. And the question I have is, how did Microsoft get away with it? How didn't they notice it? And how come it took so long for the bureaucrats to figure it out? Microsoft said it was an oversight. Yeah? I mean, it's like giving a car without the brakes. Uh, It's true. It's true. It's 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 not too surprising. I mean, you know, the, the regulators in particular tend to work when complaints are brought. So if no one's complaining about something, um, you know, it's not it's not really going to be brought up by by the regulators. And and the reality is that Microsoft doesn't have much competition anymore. So you know, who's who's really going to be doing the complaining? So I, I don't think it's that surprising that 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 particular issue took us as long to come to someone's attention as it did. Customers, I guess, didn't care either. Exactly. And you think, you know, Opera would notice it in five seconds. Right, you would think. Five and, seconds. And, Why didn't the president of Opera, and they're fighting in the browser market, in fact, they're switching browser engines to WebKit, as we've heard recently, and Opera innovated a lot of the inventions, the things that we take for granted in browsers today, like tabbed browsing, that came from Opera. Right. They did it first. You think day one, these millions of copies of Windows 7 distributed without the ballot box, Opera would be checking everything, every nuance. Opera didn't notice. Or if they did, they were asleep at the wheel. Right. You know, that's where, you know, I said before, you know, taking an executive into a private room and smacking him on the head. I take the people at Opera and smack them on the head and say, hey, man. This is important to you. Didn't you notice? Right. You didn't notice this? 
You overlooked it. The card came without breaks. Brian Chaffin joins us from the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many forms. Formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Good day. Jim Newcomer for Midas Resources, April 19th, 2013. Gold opened this morning at 1408.50. A one ounce gold coin can be purchased for 1444.83, 722.42 for a half ounce, or 361.21 for a quarter ounce. That's 1444.83, 722.42, and 361.21. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? Wait a sec. Gold and silver is going up while Congress is trying to settle on the next debt increase. And there's no end to this madness. That old 401k and IRA can be converted into physical gold without tax consequences. I explain this in my book, 10 Reasons to Buy Gold. Don't let time slip away. Call for your free copy today, 800-686-2237. Get away from that Washington spin and get honest answers about gold. 800-686-2237. The book is free, 800-686-2237. Virtually anyone could be tracking you right now through your cell phone. The fact is, anyone can track your calls, your text, emails, your every movement, but only if they can detect a signal. That's the new warning from the American Civil Liberties Union. It's just released the results of an investigation that found law enforcement agencies across the country track personal cell phones on a regular basis as a form of surveillance. That's why you need Blocket Pocket. Blocket Pocket is a standard or custom design cloth pocket infused with pure silver that creates a complete Faraday enclosure for any mobile device. With Blocket Pocket, all incoming and outgoing signals are blocked, including harmful radiation, and your device cannot be hacked or tracked by anyone. Handmade in the USA, Blocket Pocket costs less than $30 and ships free to the lower 48. Call 888-315-9618 or click Blocket Pocket, spelled B-L-O-C-K-I-T-P-O-C-K-E-T dot com. Blocket Pocket, enhancing health and privacy. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP 
is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We've been focusing on Microsoft making maybe more money from Android than Google does. I suppose it's possible if they're getting 10 bucks a handset and you have to think how many people who buy Google handsets actually download software and pay for it. You know, that's, that's especially true for, for the people um, buying all the really, really cheap Android devices that make up the, the vast majority of Android devices that are sold. Now, you know, the, if you look at the situation now with downloads from Google Play and from iOS, I think they're roughly equal, give or take a few, in terms of the number of downloads of software. But the iOS gets 2.6 times more revenue because people who download software from iOS are more inclined to pay for that software, I suppose partly because the quality of the software is better. There's a lot of variability. And I've played in the Android world myself, and I've looked at this, and some of the software is reasonably comparable to iOS. Some of the software, a lot of the software, is seriously flawed. Have you played much, Brian, with the Android universe? Uh, I've only dabbled um, in, 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 at least until they hear this uh, broadcast. Samsung is supposed to be sending me a GS4 to play with. Yeah, same here. We will actually see if, if that actually happens. But I, I have most of my Android experiences come from uh, uh, talking to friends who have Android devices and, and looking and playing with their stuff. You know, in addition to the revenues being higher, being way higher on the iOS side, I think that it is extraordinarily interesting. If you look at the download issue from the standpoint, there are many times more Android devices in the wild than there are iOS devices. Android's been outselling Apple in uh, in the global market three or four to one for the last couple of years now. And yet, for the very first time ever in the in the March quarter, we have, or actually I guess in might have been January. I forget when that report was, but we have Android um, accounting for fifty-one percent of uh, uh, Google Google Play accounting for fifty-one percent of of, da- of downloads. What the heck are these people doing with their Android devices? Because they're 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 not shopping from them, they're not surfing with them, they're not downloading apps, and they're certainly not paying for apps. It's fascinating to me. It's there's a missing piece of information there that I that I don't understand, and it just fascinates me. Well, I noticed in looking for email apps on a Galaxy S three. I found a lot of them come in free versions and in, shall we say, paid versions. But the paid versions often are a little different except for a couple of features nobody cares about or maybe the lack of ads. So there's not that much incentive to buy the paid version. 
So I could see that. And some of them are so badly done, you wonder if this application or something comparable was sent to Apple for the App Store, they would not approve it. Right. Right. Apple does take a qualitative look at things as well as, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, from a coding standpoint and all of Apple's various and vague standards. Um, and it's interesting that Apple still has the, the lead in the total number of apps, considering the fact that everything is curated. You know, they are rejecting things. Well, you know, the other thing is here, you find things done in Android land that Apple probably wouldn't allow. Like, for example... Some of these email apps that you buy, it's basically the stock email app that comes with Android with a new face on it. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. They put, like, one is called InnoMail. Now, InnoMail gives the iOS look to a mail app, so you look and you get something similar to mail for iOS on Android. But if you look at some of the things it does and some of the bugs it has, it has the same bugs that you find in the email app that comes with an Android phone. Right. So, you know, on the one hand, apps like Angry Birds, it's going to be pretty much as good on Android as it is on iOS. You know, apps from the really big companies are probably going to be very, very comparable. And in some cases, they may even be better on Android because there are things that you can do on Android as a developer that you can't do on on iOS. Which is anything. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, as long as it doesn't have obvious malware, they'll take it. Oh, you got an app? I'll take that. Right. Yeah, they're only yeah, they're doing a they're doing a check for malware and that's about it. A very basic check, it looks like, because right now I think it's ninety nine percent of the malware on the smartphone platforms is all about Android. Yeah, something something to that effect. It's an interesting thing. You have you have hordes and hordes of developers that aren't Rovio, that aren't the big guys that are that are making the, the, the same kinds of apps. I guess your point originally was it that 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 the usage and the download uh, data that's out there is um, maybe stemming from the fact that there aren't as many quality apps available. And also, there are so many free apps that have no reason for being there. Right. No reason for being. Like, one is simply the same app with two or three different themes or skins. Sure. So instead of having one app with multiple skins, you have three apps with three different skins. That's InnoMail, by the way. There's a free version available in two different skins. And then you have a paid version. I'm not altogether sure if I understand why there's a paid version and what difference it offers, except maybe it has both skins together, so it's worth $4.99 or $3.99 or something like that. See how confusing it is. But no we get back to... Anyway, so it doesn't matter. Sure. We get back to the egomaniacs over at Samsung... This is why I think if they can get away from Android or believe they can give up Android and use their own bundled software and build their own ecosystem, they do it. And they're big enough maybe to attract developers or maybe they'll find a way to allow existing Android apps to run on their new OS. Yeah, good luck with that. (laughs) Good luck with that. I, I I, I, I think they have delusions of grandeur in this area. I, I, good luck with it. They they can think that they can do this all day long, and it, as I said earlier, shouldn't be mistaken for their ability to actually do it or to sell it to people. They could be setting themselves up for a big fall. But then we have to look at Microsoft. Microsoft came out with Windows 8, and now there's a report that Plan B, what's it do? It allows you to default boot 
not to the Metro or a modern UI layer, but back to a Windows desktop with a start menu. So it's like Windows 7.5. Right. I'd be happy to go on a, a, a multi-minute rant about Microsoft if you want. Oh, please. We're going to have a rant about Google and Eric Schmidt in a moment, but we'll hold that in abeyance. Go back to Microsoft. Let's rant about Microsoft. We have 30 seconds left for this segment. Start your rant here. We'll continue the rant in the next segment. How's that? The, it sounds great. The biggest thing that just drives me nuts is that Microsoft has mistaken their desire to keep Windows on the desktop relevant with consumers' desire to actually uh, on the way they want to use devices. And Microsoft has made this huge mistake of trying to make it the same that it is on tablets as it is on the desktop. It was a huge mistake. Microsoft needs to uh, let, let tablets be tablets, like, say, Apple did, and continue to make Windows on the desktop be what Windows on the desktop is. This this Windows 8 Metro debacle it's criminal, and I think that Steve Ballmer has got to go. Don't hold back, Brian Chaffin. Tell us what you really think. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. Do you owe the IRS money that you can't pay? Are tax liens and levies ruining your life? Are you tired of being afraid just to go to the mailbox? If this describes you, then Dan Pilla can help. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla, and I've been solving tax problems for more than 30 years. In fact, I wrote the book that made it possible to negotiate settlements with the IRS, and I've helped thousands of people do exactly that. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. New changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever before eliminate their debts once and for all. There's no need for you to suffer another day with IRS debt. Call 800-346-6829. I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. Are you still a traditional smoker? 
Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporian e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service fast free same day shipping and a 30 day warranty and satisfaction guarantee so are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle then call 870-518-4307 that's 870-518-4307 or visit lesig.com spelled l-e-c-i-g.com lesig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker prepared against possible food shortages and economic collapse is not complicated just remember two words disaster stuff add.com after those two words and you've got just one site for all your preparedness needs disasterstuff.com prepares your family against food shortages with linden farms freeze-dried foods in buckets or gourmet reserves freeze-dried food in number 10 cans both with free shipping purify and rid your water of contaminants with a big berkey or other berkey system and get free shipping plus a water level spigot or fluoride filter at cost and protect your radios and other electronics from EMPs with our EMP Faraday bags starting at just $5.90 when the food shortages and economic instability happens be ready with all your stuff from disasterstuff.com just remember two words disasterstuff.com freedom through self-reliance and personal responsibility Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. With Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer, we're talking about Microsoft and the Microsoft belief they ate their own dog food and liked it in the PC Plus era. Windows Everywhere. That's been with Microsoft for years and years. They believe in Windows Everywhere. That's one of the big problems. That is one of the big problems because tablets and desktops are different experiences. They're used for different things, or at least at at the very least, the things that we do, even when it's something that we do on both uh, paradigms, we do them differently. And Microsoft is just scared to death about the day when desktop PCs are no longer selling. And that day may be here. We've just seen data for the first quarter of PC sales, and, and they're, they're down sharply. And Microsoft is terrified of this happening. And so they, they want to keep Windows relevant. And the problem is, is that they have hobbled their uh, tablets, these Surface tablets. They've hobbled the tablets and made the desktop experience less good, too, and all in the name of pursuing what they want. And that's what Microsoft has always done. Microsoft has always pursued products that make sense for Microsoft first, make sense for Microsoft's partners second, and then eventually get around down around number three uh, are, are, are aimed at what the uh, customers want. And that is 
it, it is it is fun it is just fundamentally flawed it's the wrong way to go about making something like a computer operating system in my never humble opinion and it it just drives me nuts steve Ballmer, bless his heart the man is not a product guy he's a marketing guy microsoft needs a product guy at the helm and they need someone with some vision and that is not steve Ballmer. and bill gates needs to to let that guy go you know, you're trying to give your friends a break, but then Steve Ballmer has more money than he needs. He's a multimillionaire many, many, many times over. Why and with he, the rat race? Go to the Cayman Islands. Enjoy your life. Why does he have to do this? He loves Microsoft. I get that he loves Microsoft. He loves Microsoft. There's probably no one on the planet that loves that company more than Steve Ballmer, and that's great. And like I bless his heart, it's a phrase in the South that... that that is not usually used in a complimentary fashion, and I'm using it like that right now. Bless his heart, he is not the guy to lead Microsoft. They need a product guy. They need someone with some vision. Well, you have to look at it this way, though. He loves Microsoft so much, and now the Supreme Court has ruled that corporations are people. He could marry Microsoft. Oh, he could. That's right. You know, let's have Steve Ballmer marry Microsoft, and they go off on vacation together. In Maui. Yeah, and let someone else run the house while they're gone. Well, the company can go, too. That's okay. <laughs> but now you see how they're rushing, and even Samsung, bless their little egomaniac heart, they said, we're not going to make a Windows RT tablet. Windows 8 isn't doing very well. I wonder what Microsoft thought about that. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. Well, I mean, no one wants these things. No one wants these Windows 8 tablets. They're not, and, and what's up, you know, as long as I'm, like, on my little tear here, what is up with the Surface ads? Those commercials are driving me bananas. They're so bad. That's why you record these shows with your DVR so you can fast forward through them. Now, look at that. It reminds me by the noise of the Kit Kat commercials with the clicking. <laughs> so maybe they took the Kit Kat commercials and said, let's make it click. And now let's hire some dancers from Broadway, get a couple of break dancers in there, make it louder and louder and louder until people simply cover their ears and say, leave me alone already. What is this all about? There's a new Windows 8 ad now where they try to show you a few features, Mm -hmm. which is the desperate way of saying all those noisy ads have not done a darn thing. Yeah. And the thing about the noisy ads in particular is I don't understand who the target market is. The The content seems aimed at business people, but you're not going to sell to business people by showing a bunch of snot-nosed kids dancing. And the snot-nosed kids aren't going to like it because they're going to see through the, the, the people that are their own age aren't in a business setting and, and none of it makes any sense and the editing is weird and like on the very first one they show the the, the group of schoolgirls that are dancing and the school, school school girls all look really angry why would they show that why would they show these you know nine and ten year old girls looking angry just furious makes no sense to me it makes no sense to me gene i don't I don't understand what Microsoft thinks it's doing. And it's clearly not working. So go ahead and move on to something else. You know, do some new commercials. I have to imagine the pitch meeting where the ad agency brings the idea to Steve Ballmer or the marketing team and says, look at this. Isn't this great? Turn it up louder and louder. Let's have 4,000 watts thundering into the corporate presentation room or whatever it is. 
Let's just play it louder and louder. Oh, I love this. I'm completely immersed in the sound. Let's have Phil Spector's Wall of Sound. Maybe that's it. He loved Phil Spector's Wall of Sound and wanted that effect. (laughs) That could be it. And look what happened to Phil Spector. He's in jail. There's one other little aspect of this, too. Microsoft has, they've been pushing this keyboard thing like they have just been so proud of the fact that their Surface tablets come with a keyboard. And it's not a very good keyboard. It's not a very good keyboard. And the, what, what is really curious to me there is I don't know how they arrived at the decision that this was an important thing. If you look at how many tablets Apple has sold, how many iPads Apple has sold, Apple has done this without a keyboard. If you look at all the usage data, iPads are used, Android devices are not used. And even the Android devices, most of them don't have keyboards. But the but the iPad certainly doesn't have a keyboard, and yet people are using it. And so from that, Microsoft's lesson was, oh my God, if we just make a... Uh, a, a, a Windows 8 tablet with a keyboard, people will flock to it. How do you derive that lesson from the data at hand? Well, also look at it this way. What they built, the Surface tablet, is a netbook. And what happened to netbooks? According to a recent survey, if you can believe surveys, netbooks will be totally obsolete by 2015. So it's a netbook. In every way, it's a netbook. You have the kickstand. You put it up horizontally. You have the keyboard. It's like a netbook. What happened to netbooks? Kaput. Except they're actually more expensive than netbooks. It's even worse. I mean, they're actually probably better devices than netbooks, too. Netbooks were, were definitely notoriously cheap. Um, the, the, from a hardware perspective, even the Surface RT is a fairly respectable piece of, of equipment. The, you know, the problem is the experience. And, and this is something I've been preaching for for actually this was this was this was my theory before Apple released the iPad and it and it turned out to be the case. The killer app for the iPad is the experience, and that's something that the competition is finding very difficult to replicate. And again, it's refer it's it's uh, reflected in the usage data for 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 these devices. You know, I have one example of where things are going. My wife has never taken to a Mac that much. She'd use it. She'd check the email and walk away. I put an iPad in her hands. You can't take it away from her. Mm -hmm. She has that thing there. She's exercising in the morning. She does this aerobics workout for about 25 minutes or half an hour almost every morning. While she's dancing around and following the exercise routine, her eyes are focused on the iPad. Hmm. It's an ever-present purpose. If I put it away or if I take it to do a software update, I invariably have her coming in my office a few minutes later saying, where's the iPad? (laughs) Or if I have it downloading a new software update and I go out for lunch, she calls me, where'd you put the iPad? And that's where it is. It's funny. And she is not a computer person. I mean, she's perfectly capable of doing everything she has to do with the iPad. She picked it all up. She never read any instructions. She asked me maybe three questions. And she picked it up. She's right. not a technology person. Right. And that's why the iPad works, because you don't have to be a technology person to use it, just like the iPhone. Whereas Android, you got to play with it a little bit. We have Brian Chaffin of Mac Observer with us for one more segment. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> 
Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hello, I'm Pastor Broden. The First Amendment is made up of five platforms that are designed to limit government and protect our liberties. Our founding fathers covered in the First Amendment the right to religious liberty, restriction on federal government's interference in our religious liberty, our right to free speech, and the right to a free press. The fifth platform in the First Amendment is the answer to our government operating in an unconstitutional way. The right to peaceably assemble and petition redress for grievances. Redress means to set right, to amend. It is a remedy for a wrong or an ill perpetrated against we the people. To nullify unconstitutional law or executive orders, we must petition redress. Sign our petition for redress at c.x.com. That's c.d.o.t.x. Redress equals solution. What's safer and cheaper than prescription drugs? Glad you asked. The answer is Renovation Teas. Herbal remedies are much safer and much cheaper than prescription drugs. Taste great, and most importantly, herbal teas are effective and non-addictive. Renovation Tea is especially unique, and here's why. We spent years researching herbs and their beneficial properties. Renovation Teas uses only 100% organic, fair trade herbs. Our teas are blended towards specific ailments and health conditions, such as diabetes, blood pressure, anxiety, libido, detox, and much more. All Renovation Teas are formulated and hand-filled in Arkansas. Take care of yourself naturally, the way Mother Nature intended. Order Renovation Teas at RenovationTea.com or call 870-784-3121. That's 870-784-3121. Renovation Teas. Renovate your health one bag at a time. A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months. 
simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. With Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer ranting about Microsoft, ranting about Samsung. Let's get back to Google. Story you did. <laughs> For the Mac Observer, for the back page, mini yep. drones help Eric Schmidt find religion on privacy. What, yes. pray tell, are you talking about? Except there's a picture of Eric Schmidt with a halo over his head. Yeah, it reminds me of the saint. Remember the TV and movie character, the saint? Uh-huh. You, at the beginning, you hear the theme, and then the halo would appear on his head. Yeah, we'll look at his shadow. That's right. Shadow is devil horns. The shadow. Who knows what evil lurks in the heart of men? So Eric Shadow knows. (laughs) Forget it. Eric Schmidt was talking about the importance of mini drones. And this is basically referring to the way technology that has gone into building America's drone, both the, the, the assassin drones and the surveillance drones. Um, the fact that that technology is is percolating down and it is becoming ever cheaper to have very small drones that are within reach of consumers. And he says that these devices need to be regulated before they become everywhere. Can, can I actually read a couple of quotes of what he said? Be my guest. Indulge yourself. How would you feel? This is a quote. How would you feel if your neighbor went over and bought a commercial observation drone that they can launch from their backyard? It just flies over your house all day. How would you feel about it? And I've got an answer for him. I would feel exactly the same way I do about Google and Facebook tracking everything I do all the time on any kind of service, including services where I don't even know that they're tracking me. So, you know, by the way, when you buy or download an app from the Google Play Store, all your information is transferred to the developer. Yeah. Yeah, you got to love that. You I mean, it's in the terms of service somewhere, but who reads those things? Exactly. And I think, you know, Google, uh, uh, Eric Schmidt in particular, and Larry Page on a couple, of, a couple of times, they've come out taking what I think are some mighty convenient positions in the past. There's, they, they talked about how what a danger Apple and Facebook uh, represent in terms of of closing off the internet, making the internet um, a closed place with walled gardens rather than an open place. And of course, what they really mean is that Facebook and Apple are uh, providing ways for consumers to do things online where Google can't slurp it and track it. And and they're they're pitching it in this way that they're just really looking out for openness. And it is utterly utterly two-faced to be the most generous that I can possibly be. And this, this, this drone thing, it's, it's weird. It's, it's, I'm sitting there reading up on this topic from Mr. Schmidt and 
he's talking about what a danger these drones could be and 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 how you know we just don't want them everywhere and i'm just kind of thinking that it sure seems like you're more worried about the idea that suddenly all the data that you've been snooping on us and collecting on us and, and slicing and dicing and selling that suddenly that might become a, a little less valuable because now just about anybody can snoop now, he didn't say that. Maybe I'm just projecting my own worries about this sort of thing a little bit too much. But, but uh, uh, I don't know. It. I just find it ironic that Eric Schmidt is the one who is out there looking out for our privacy because that didn't fly with me. Listen, he wants Apple to restore Google to Maps. You heard that too, right? Yep. I mean, that guy's delusional. He says some pretty wacky stuff. I wonder how he remained for as long as he did on Apple's board of directors. Well, he's insanely intelligent. And the man is smart. You had, I mean, just, can you imagine the conversations that he and Steve Jobs had when they were still friends? They were probably really, really interesting. I mean, Eric Schmidt is a talented and amazing, he's, he's just, he's, he's one of these guys that is, you know, one in a million, one in, I don't know, maybe one in a hundred million. He is absolutely an extraordinary individual. But his company's entire business model is predicated on collecting information about me and about what I do online and then selling that information to advertisers. I've, I've got a huge problem with that. I, 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 wish, I wish that his amazing intellect was being devoted to something else. Well, he's got enough money, he could retire and do something else. Oh, well. well. But why, when Google is so successful and he's making so much money? Well, it looks like we all talk about how well Google's doing, but I wonder, if you compare the income, how much money Google earns from Android compared to how much money Microsoft earns from Android. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. Microsoft is making more per handset than, than anybody else. Right. And you look at that, and Google has to feel pretty strange about that. They've got to be bummed out. How can they put up with that? I think Android is a long play for them. I I actually think that Google is not really concerned about this. I mean, it probably the only the only concern is that is that it is at it is it is adding a price tag to Android that they have no control over and that they're certainly not getting. But in, in the grand scope of things, I think that they're probably okay with it. Yes, they're but not. the thing here is if companies, more companies do what Amazon did, which is fork Android, so suddenly Google is taken out right. of the picture because that's the problem with open source. Somebody can take it and do what they want with it. Yeah, and it's happening in China, and it's probably going to happen more in China. Well, Samsung is aching for it. I have to believe they're aching to do it. And they will if they can get away with it. If there's a slightest indication of possibility that Samsung can get away with dumping Android, it would go out the window tomorrow. Yeah, but, but there's not. Remember, there's the other incentive of Samsung's paying Microsoft $10 for every Android handset. You know, might as well try Windows Phone, but nobody wants Windows Phone. Imagine drawing an operating system that nobody wants, but then there's BlackBerry. I don't see any comeback in the offing for BlackBerry. No. No, I don't either. I think that Black, 
blackberries. Uh, best days are behind them, and that um, at some point they're going to be bought. Is bought Obama still using a BlackBerry? I don't know. I know he uses an iPad. I can't remember if he. Um, uh, I, I don't know. We know Pope Benedict used an iPad. I saw a picture of him working on one. Of course, the new guy, I don't know. Yeah, the new guy, I, it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't allow himself to have any kind of electronic devices. He's he's pretty humble. More minimalist. Yeah. More minimalist than Jonathan Ive. <laughs> Much more. <laughs> and that's pretty minimalist, I'll tell you. That's pretty minimalist, yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's a fantastic observation, Gene. So instead, of course, using a smartphone, he uses an old Motorola brick phone. <laughs> Okay, that's the one he uses, the big fat ones. Remember those that weighed like four oh, yeah. pounds? Oh, yeah. Oh, that makes you old. Yeah, good times, good times. Uh, good times were rolling. It's when it cost you $2 a minute. Yeah. I was so excited over that, paying $2 a minute. Did you have a brick? No. no. What was your first uh, uh, cell phone? My first cell phone was probably a Motorola Razor or maybe something just prior to that. Really? You waited until the Razor to get a phone, huh? I waited until the early 2000s, yeah. Wow. Didn't bother. Never saw a need for it. Sure. Now look where I am. Brian Chaffin, tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff and more of your rants. I'm at the MacObserver.com. Uh, I write daily there, and you can find my personal blog at GeekTales.com. You can find us, by the way, on Twitter, where we're known as Tech Night Owl. What else would we be called, okay? We're Tech Night Owl at Twitter. And you can also go to technightowl.com and check our web portal, which leads to all sorts of things, such as our science fiction novel, Attack of the Rockoids, two volumes written so far, and another show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night called The Paracast at paracast.com. All starts from technightowl.com. Brian Chaffin, thank you so much for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thanks for having me. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.